0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده له. نشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال سبحانه وتعالى في مكان ثاني يا ايها الذين آمنوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا. لَكُمْ Today, uh, as we are approaching the cold winter in Chicago, I'll start off with one of the stories that was shared by one of the brothers and the story is about 30 years old and uh, the brother was walking on Taylor Street in Chicago as some of you the brothers may know one of the winter nights, cold freezing winter nights he was walking on the Taylor Street was passing by UIC hospital, the front door they have, and uh, he saw a man shivering, lying down on the side of the entrance of the hospital. He was shivering on the sidewalk, and the brother, obviously, he could not do much. He went to his apartment, picked up a, he had a sleeping bag, brought it back and gave it to him. Allah knows the best what happened to that homeless who was lying down on the sidewalk. But that actually marked something in his mind that he could not forget the story. But unfortunate part is this is not just one-off story. It's not just one, of, one of, just one story that happened out of nowhere. Rather, it is one of the thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, stories like that you may find. And during, because of the past two years or so of pandemic, the switch situation is not going to get better. We can see that, the results of that. All of us are aware of it and we see more and more homeless people around us. And as the winter approaches, we know that some of them, or whichever of them, whoever of them can migrate to the warmer places they do. It's a kind of what reminds you of the way the birds fly south in winter. It's unfortunate to think of the human beings, to be living the life like that, especially in a country which is considered as one of the richest countries on the planet. That country, and I have some few old numbers, I did not, was not able to find the new ones. In 2017, the numbers were saying over half a million people at a time, are homeless in a, in a given night. not talking about throughout the year, but at a given night, more than half a million people are homeless. And these are, I'm pretty sure, very conservative numbers. Looking around, we definitely find much bigger number than that. Allah knows the best. <clears throat> and that's, besides that, about 40 million people in the United States who live in poverty. Yes, we may think of it, Alhamdulillah, we're all good. And we can move on with our lives. But is that what Islam teaches us? Islam teaches us that we are accountable for whatever Allah Azza wa Jal has given to us. On an individual level and on a communal level. The unfortunate part of that is, we see the GDP of the country as mentioned as close to 70,000 per capita income. That's what they said through the GDP, the per capita income is about $70,000. Now, obviously, those half a million people who are homeless, or 40 million people living below poverty, are not the people who are making even this average salary or average money that people are making. That shows the discrepancy in the distribution of the wealth. As... CNBC mentioned that United, um, uh, the Americans control about $41.52 trillion. And this is talking about the first quarter of 2021. And they say that but the bottom 50% of Americans only control $2.62 And the top 1% controls, which is 16 times more than what the bottom 50% makes. 16 times, 1% has 16 times more than the bottom 50%. Now, the solution, or uh, in general, the problem is placed in front of the people as of scarcity of the resources. Any of us here who have taken some economics courses, this is one of the basic things they try to teach. That the humans have unlimited bonds or the needs. And the resources are limited. Hence, there's a scarcity of resources. That's what we're trying to solve. One, of the way to solve it is increase the, 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 the production. You increase the production enough for the people who live in a certain area. And they stop there. Now, who's going to take that? That's a separate issue. As we can see there. The top 1% has more, 16 times more than the bottom 50% of the people. So you can have the things available there for the people, but the access to every individual is not there. And that's what Islam actually teaches us. Before I go to two of the examples from the life of Umar ibn Khattar radiallahu an regarding this issue... I want to remind a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa first. So we understand why Umar al-Khattab radiallahu an was acting the way he was acting when he was the Amir al-Mu'mineen. The famous hadith reported by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim in different words that says, kullukum ra'in, wa kullukum رعين والرجل والرجل رعين this is a famous hadith that sets the responsibilities on people that says that every one of you the word you use is is a shepherd, The shepherd here means a caretaker. Caretaker over his own subject. So al-imam is the amir al-mumineen or the khalifa, or whatever term we use in Islam, is the caretaker of the whole ummah. Meaning, he's a masul. He will be questioned about his subject, every one of them. Not only the rich ones, not only the, more, more, the smarter ones, The intelligent ones, the wealthy ones, the one who have everything already. And then he will be asked, were they okay? No. Every individual who was a subject, he will be accountable for. Same way, a man is accountable for his family, for his his house. And the woman is accountable for the husband's house and his children. Woman does not cook the food, or husband does not bring the money in the family. And assumes that, oh, the strongest one will get it. I brought enough for the whole family. But only the strong one will get it and the rest of them don't get it. That's their problem. My problem was to bring the money in to the family. That's sufficient for them. Nobody does that. If that would have been the case, a child would have not grown up and would have died before that. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives life and death. We know that. When it comes to responsibility, the mother is responsible for each and every child. So why do we think of, oh, when it comes to the Amir al-Mu'minim, he's responsible only for the rich ones? Or to pull his pockets only? To make them richer and richer every day? When it comes to the poor one, they continue to drop below poverty line every day. Is that how it's supposed to be? No. And that's what we see in the life of Umar al-Khattab for Muslims and non-Muslims alike who were their, sub- their subject. One of the stories says that Umar al-Khattab radiyallahu an, and this story is reported by in Kitab al-Amwal by, by Abu Ubaid, Rahimahullah. He says, Umar passed by the doors of some people and saw there an old blind man who was begging. He tapped on his shoulder and said, from which of the people of book are you? Because from the Apparently he could tell he was from the Ahlul Kitab. So he said he was Jewish. He said, what forced you to do what I see, meaning begging? He said, I am begging because I, because the jizya and the needs of the old age. Omar took him by the hand and took him to his house, his own house, where he gave him something for his house. Then he sent for the keeper of the Baytul Maal and said, check him and others like him. Not only this one that he found, but to find out the all other Jews, or the Christians, or the Ahlul Kitab, or the people who are paying jizya, who are in this state now, that they cannot make this enough to pay off the jizya now. To find out and give them my stipend from the, the Baytul Mal. So this is how he took care of the issue. He did not think of this issue as... I'll take, I took care of the one that I know. No, the issue is, he, is the, I mean, he was the Amin al-Mu'mineen. He is the caretaker of every individual. Hence, it was on his neck to go and find out who is the one who's in need now. And inshallah, I'll just give one more story so we can connect how Islam look at taking care of the people. One time, Umar al-Khattar an was with his, one of his servants, Aslam. And many of you have heard this story. So I will cut it short, but I want to go, take you to the point. He was walking, and he saw from far, from far that there was a woman, and she was cooking something on the pot. So he, they saw the fire. They got closer. Omar asked the woman, can he come closer so he can talk? And she said, if you're coming with the khayr, Come close, otherwise stay away. She did not know it is, he was a al-Mu'mineen. He got closer, he said, Salam Alaikum, After the salam, she, said, she answered back. And then he said, why are these kids are crying, which are around the pot sitting? She's cooking something in the pot, and the kids are sitting there, and they're crying. And her response was that they are hungry. So he said, what's in the pot? He, she said, water to calm them down, until they fall asleep. And then her response, she continued on, and Allah will judge between us and Umar. Subhanallah. She's talking to Umar, She doesn't know. She said, Allah will judge between us and Umar. And he said, may Allah have mercy on you. How how could Umar know about you? And her response was, how come he's in charge of our affairs, but he's not aware of our situation? You just take the job? That's all you for? Isn't that what situation is today? Isn't that what we see on the streets of the Chicago and many other places in, in the United States as well even? Think of those people who will be living on the streets of Chicago in the cold weather. We get a little bit cold right away. All the jackets are out, all all the underpants and undershirts and the the hoodies and everything, gloves, everything is on. So we can keep ourselves warm. And that's besides, we already have, alhamdulillah, heated homes, heated masajid, heated cars. We move from the heated place to another heated place, a warm place. And we are not bothered by the way those people on the street are freezing to death now. Think about what does it mean by freezing to death. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. How painful that can be. That you are not getting enough warmth, and you continue to shiver and shiver until you just die, out of hypothermia or whatever the terminology is. And by the way, it does not have. You don't have to go below fifty, below zero or something, to feel that pain. Many of them die at even higher temperatures than that. And death is one of the things these people are facing. There are many other things that happen to them. Some of us right away question ourselves and say, oh, why don't they just go to those, uh, what is it called, those homes, uh, shelter homes? Or these are just druggies, or they, they just take drugs and stuff, that's why they live off the street. Is that what it really is? Go to the shelters, find out how long it takes for you to get into the shelter. And every day, you have to get into the line, first come, first serve basis, so you can get into the shelter. And then, if you are in the shelter, there are chances, very high chances, many of them, men or women alike, will be raped even there. That's the reality we are living in. Now think of it. We as Muslims are accountable because we are the carriers of Islam. We have the haqq from Allah Azza wa Jal. This is not just to keep it in the boundaries of the masajids and in the houses. This deen was revealed to Muhammad Sallallahu to take the mankind out of the darkness into the light of Islam and that's how we have to we must look at this situation this is how rasul umar ibn khattab was worried because he knew that he's accountable yes we need to get personality like umar but what made umar umar was the islam of, and la ilaha illallah Muhammad, rasulullah this aqeedah is the one that made umar to umar al faruq the one who rejected even though he was also prayed by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he became abu jahl from abu al and Omar became Al-Faruq. So that Islam that made Umar bin Khattab from a person who was torturing and oppressing the Muslims in the days of Jahiliyyah to Amir al-Mu'mineen who was worried about even a goat, the cha- the, what do you call it, the baby goat. If it trips by river of Euphrates, that he will be accountable. This is how he was looking at it. And that's what Islam wants from us. And we have to bring back Islam to not only take the Muslims out of the misery, but the whole mankind and the mankind is looking for it. And they are looking at us. It's up to us if we respond to this call or not. Waqul rahim Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir